presented by the Hockey Podcast Network. Every team, everywhere. Hello, 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 Oilers fans, and welcome back to another episode of the Oil Country Podcast. Joining me from Montreal, Quebec, in enemy territory, is Kyle. Kyle, what's going on, man? <laughs> enemy territory, hey? Yeah, yeah I potentially. Guess so. Well, Montreal's potentially in the playoffs. Could you imagine if that was the finals? Like, there's no way that Montreal gets there, <laughs> but if they did, that'd be a hell of a run. But, uh, but yeah, I'm doing good. It's good to hear from you again. Uh, we also got our other friend here, too, Michael. How you doing, man? Hi, everybody. Uh, I'm doing all right. Uh, I'm hanging out. I am all the way down in Orlando, Florida, so a little bit far for uh, your typical Oilers fan, but, uh, you know, I, I love them all the same. Also kind of an enemy territory, potentially, I guess, if we make it to the cup final. <laughs> yeah, it is a potential. You'll, you'll have to be like our, uh, our like on ice, not on ice, on location correspondent Hey, listen, if, Florida. if, if, it, if, if, if if it's a Tampa Oilers final, I will be at finals games in Tampa. I will say that. If they have fans. Oh, that's... Oh, <laughs> oh, they win the cup in Tampa, and I can't be there. That might be the worst. I am I know Kyle, like I mentioned, is in Montreal, and it's not like locked in, but I am potentially going to Montreal for work for like a year. And... I had that thought. That was one of the first thoughts I had is watch Edmonton win a cup and literally being an Edmonton resident and not being able to enjoy it there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It'd be a, be a weird sensation. Could you imagine, Kyle, if we're both over there and it is a Montreal-Edmonton-Stanley Cup final and we're Oilers fans in Montreal? <laughs> I already get like, shit talked to wear my other stuff. stuff here, like as it is. Right? That might be like, dangerous for you guys. I know. We'd have to like stick together and get some like vests or something, man. Yeah. <laughs> I was getting chirped. I, I I gave my girlfriend my Gretzky jersey last time when we went to the the Oilers playing here in Montreal, yeah. and I wore my old Everly jersey, and uh, and the guy behind me was like, "Is that an Islanders jersey?" I was like, "That's actually a pretty good chirp." Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's not bad at all. Not yeah. bad at all. Yeah. They're good guys, here, man. Yeah. As we're kind of talking, as you bring up the jerseys, do you guys like, what is your take on wearing like X players jerseys to games? Like when you see guys like wearing like a Taylor Hall jersey, and I don't mean like a Gretzky jersey, because obviously that's like completely acceptable. I'm not saying it's wrong, but I feel weird. Like I would feel weird wearing an Ebbs jersey, but you just rep it, hey Kyle? Uh, I mean, I don't pull it out often. It, it was my first jersey. Like, my parents got it for me when I was younger. Okay. Um, but I, I, I don't know. Like, I, I got rid of my Hall one. I sold my Justin Schultz one, and some dude blew it up. So, I mean, like, it... it what do you, wait, wait, let's backtrack on that. What do you mean he blew it up? <laughs> uh, like, I'll have to send you the Instagram video. I'll, I, I can find it somewhere. Um, I, I won't have it, like, right now. I'll have to find it. But, uh, but yeah, no, I sold it to a guy at a Calgary Flames game because he talked shit for me for the same thing because I had a Schultz jersey. And he I was a Flames my other jersey, fan? My brother, I think. No, he was an Oilers fan, too. Okay. So he was he wanted to buy it off me, and then he tried to burn it in a garbage can like out front of the stadium. And then he's like, "Okay, okay, I'm just gonna go take this to my ranch and blow it up." And uh, and then yeah, I took my Instagram 
and and sent me it so yeah i'll try to find it and i'll send it to you and like you you're by blow up you mean he exploded yeah he had had pyrex or something and just yeah he he had a gun and (laughs) shot it and it was on the side of a barrel and just you know total total alberton man it was was pretty fucking redneck man (laughs) jesus nice (laughs) that's too funny I mean, I feel we're already off the rails here, so I got, I got to dig more into that. I feel bad for Schultz in a sense. Yeah. Oh like, yeah. He was he was never really given, like he just wasn't given a he wasn't put in a position to succeed. It. it I always it, come back to put Justin Schultz on the team now. That yeah. Looks that mm-hmm. looks pretty good. I'm pretty happy with that. And even like. Petrie, I know he wasn't going to resign, and I, I'm not going to go back to that trade. But I feel like a lot of Oilers fans kind of like turned on him, maybe partially because there was like negotiation issues, and he kind of wanted out. I guess might have soured that relationship between the fans and him. But we we eat our own in Edmonton, and especially defensemen. And I'll admit I've been guilty of that too. I like Justin Schultz the whole time. I'm gonna I'm gonna stick to it. I still like Justin Schultz to be honest. He, it's just one of those things where I think when I was happy when he won the cup. Oh, I don't know about that. <laughs> I know I was happy for him. I, I think I he deserved it. Guy. I thought he deserved it. We, we treated him like shit. Come on. Yeah, I didn't hate the guy, yeah. man. We expected too much from him. He was put on the first pair. Like you know, he's a third pairing defenseman and offensive specialist. Like I, I don't know what we expected from him, right? And I, so, I don't think we would treat. I don't. I just. I think we understand players a little bit better, and I don't think we treat him as harshly as we would today. I don't know. I, yeah. Like I, I don't and think. I, I don't think like we even hate on. I mean, I know the team's a lot better now, and mm-hmm. th- that helps. But I, I just don't think we'd be as hard on him now as we would have been then. Yeah, and I think it was because the team was just so desperate for that like right-handed D like number. We we we've been looking for that since Pronger, and I mean undrafted or not undrafted unsigned like college players are such a weird like re- remember when who was it Vessi Spencer Fu like all those guys were like super sought after and we were at like whether Spencer were so pissed that Fu went to the flames is that dude even had like a marginal impact at the NHL level I'm pretty sure he plays in China now dude he's in the KHL I think yeah like, like I don't I know he was like down up and down for like right from the get-go but I don't know I just remember. I just remember no, his. Yeah. I remember his name and people being upset when he was playing for the Flames in the the. I think he played in the Penticton tournaments uh, mm-hmm. before the season. I always loved those because that was always for me. That was the start of the season for me. Yeah, when you start getting into those like rookie tournaments, yeah, like and those stuff, rookie and, like, tournaments stuff like where I had to like stream them straight from Oilers.com, yeah. like <laughs> stuff like those were. That was the beginning of the season for me, and everyone's like, "What do you mean it's August?" And I'm like, "No, this this matters." The Oilers have always struggled with their like audio on their solo broadcast too, and mm-hmm. they still do on like a camera. I can't believe how many times you watch a press conference on like Twitter live streaming or Facebook live streaming, and you just can't hear what the reporters are asking. Oh yeah. So like all you hear is like, and then the players answer, and then the players like, yeah, you know, got pucks in deep and really outworked them tonight. Like, (laughs) just ridiculous. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Okay, but I'm I'm uh, we're having a couple beers, and I'm honestly I'm already way more sidetracked than I normally (laughs) normally get in the first like seven minutes here. Um, But today's let's get into a little bit of the stuff we wanted to talk about on the episode. 
tweeted this out and now I'm not so sure if it's a legitimate thing, but I'm still going to choose. Like, I think it's pretty legit, but Neil didn't meet the conditions for the third round pick to be sent to Calgary in the Lucic Neil trade. So do you guys think that's like a done deal or like Matheson had tweeted out that there's going to be, it's something that they're going to evaluate on the NHL level. So like, I'm a little bit worried we're going to get screwed over in that sense. So I don't know where are you guys can at you, can you re-explain because I'm looking at cat friendly here and I can't find it for the life of me of the conditions for that again. So thank you. That's actually, that's a good thing to go through. So from my recollection and I'm like 99% sure on this is it was Neil has to hit 21 goals as or more as well as have 10 or more goals than Lucic. And I believe Neil is sitting at 19 right now and Lucic is sitting at nine. So he meets the one condition that he has 10 or more goals than him, but he didn't reach 21 goals. So if you prorate the season, he was on pace to hit 21 goals, but he didn't get there. Now, I can understand like if, if, if we were a Flames podcast, we would be arguing that Neil is on pace for that and we still deserve the third round pick. But we're not a Flames podcast, and we are Oilers fans. And in my personal opinion, I don't, I don't feel like we should be on the hook for that. Like it, it was an act of God as far as the pandemic goes. Yeah, I mean, the only way it's like league wide, they have to, I think, prorate the entire season, right, and make yeah. it. So if he would have scored twenty one goals over eighty two games, he now has to score nineteen or whatever, right? So, um. I, I could definitely see it fucking us. I would hope that it doesn't. I I'm I would be upset if it does, right? Like that third round pick is huge. For it to be one for one is so, incredible. Like No, yeah. for sure. I mean I mean that that that's a huge win. Like even if it's a third round pick sent the other way, I think we still win that. Just for the fact that we can buy out Neil and they're hooped with Lucic. Oh, it, like nonetheless, but I mean that third round pick still it's a draft, it could be anybody, right? Like could you oh, imagine sure. if Calgary got somebody who ended up being a superstar with that third round pick when it should have been, you know, he drops the next Datsuk or something with that. Yeah. But because of an act of God, it, it ends up being theirs. Like my God. Yeah. So I, I think, it, I think you're pissed. Ahead, I think, I think you're pissed if, uh, I mean the third round pick goes, because if you think about it, if, if you're going to prorate his season, we called the season an end. We gave trophies, right? They've already announced, they've already sent out mm-hmm. the, the videos that, for yeah, Dry Dry Seidel, Ross. Right, yeah. yeah. So like That's if, you, if, if, yeah. The, if you're stopping the season for their points, right, because the, uh, Ovi would then be like, well, we should prorate the season because I would probably score more goals than Pasternak or whichever way it goes. Right. Because if you look at it, I bet that they don't tie if, if you look at their goal scoring. Right. One of them probably has one yeah. or more or less right. games. Exactly. Or, yeah. Exactly. One more so or less. so then they would argue that. So I think if you're going to stop the season for them and give them the awards, you have to stop the season for Neil and say he didn't meet it. He didn't score 21 goals. The season's over and the Oilers keep their third. Hmm. Agreed. That's a really good point. Yeah, that is. And I, the one yeah. benefit of that, if they did actually prorate it, which I agree they won't because they had already given the, the trophies away more or less as far as regular season. Um, McDavid missed 100 points by three. Now, if he had hit 100 points, which obviously he would have if, if the season had played out, um, assuming health, knock on wood. 
that would have put him in such elite company. So he would be the only active player that's had four consecutive 100-point seasons. And I'm just going to list through the players that have had four 100-point seasons. And you'll notice a trend of a lot of these dudes did it in the 80s. It is Mike Bossy, Marcel Dion, Phil Esposito, Wayne Gretzky, Howard Chuck, Brett Hall, Curry, Lafleur, Mario Lemieux, Bobby Orr, Peter Stasny, Brian Trottier, and Steve Eiserman. Elite, elite company. Those are those are the best of the best. Crosby never did it. Ovechkin never did it. Which Kane hasn't done it. So that all that so you know that surprises me. They, they to be fair, they've both hit. I think Crosby when I or sorry Ovechkin when I was looking, he had hit four in five seasons, I believe, to like pretty much start his career. Um, but he missed a year in there. And Crosby, I think, had like two and then missed a couple and then had like another like couple throughout. But yeah, it, it's, I mean, on the scheme of things, I think there's a very good chance McDavid does that anyways and hits the next four. And then we'll be saying, what? what is that? Seven of eight? Yeah. I, Which I is getting mean, in the region of like only Gretzky put up similar I just feel bad for Dreisaitl because I bet, I feel like he would have cracked 140. I bet he could have pushed 150. I like, there's the way he was playing there at the end. Like he was going to hit 150 and that just would have been incredible to see. Kyle, I always bring this up. I know I do. It's like, I'm like a record, <laughs> broken record. But Dreisaitl would have been the first player to have 50 goals and 100 points in back-to-back seasons since Lemieux did it. And he has 43 goals. So that that wasn't like a guaranteed with 12 games or whatever was left. But I think he could have. Seven goals in the remaining games? Very possible. You could say it was so many different players. But getting back to the actual applicable part of the season, and, and that is the team standings. And this is kind of tying back into what we were talking about with the Neil third round pick. But if you look at the picks that were sent out. So say that we're required to send a third round pick to Calgary because he would have hit it. I almost feel like you look at the Athena CU trade. Now we give up two second round picks and he's an RFA. So likely we retain him like 99%. I hope so. I bought a Jersey of his already. Ah, but oh, that's bold, bold, I know. bold, bold. 28 is my favorite number. And I liked Athena CU before we traded for him. So I, I had to pull the trigger. <laughs> that's fair. But that's fair. He was you begging look at that, for like, him, we, actually. What's that? You were begging for him to oh, come Oh, I, I like, had been, yeah. like, for, like, 10 months. Like, no, if not I, I, hey, I'm on the exact same train for, like, honestly, like, when they drafted Athanasiu, and, like, there were even oh, talks God, of him. Oh, God, me? I, I, <laughs> no, he was uh, the hipster of the Athanasiu trade. Like, I just, yeah. <laughs> I just remember <laughs> some of the moves he was pulling in juniors and stuff like that. Like, that stuff was just sweet. We we had on um, um, Oil Knight, which I don't know if you've looked at his blog, but he's a, a Oilers fan, but he also gets like really into the OHL and, and junior and amateur scouting in general, like really, really into it. And he's a London Knights fan as far as the OHL, which I believe is there where AA played briefly. Again, I'm trying to remember back to that episode, but he had talked about like same thing. I brought up Athens to you, and then he was like, "Oh, I was watching him in like junior," and I was like, "Damn, I thought Listen, I thought I was early on the Athens to you train." <laughs> very rarely, I dabble. I dabble. I merely dabble. It's occasional, <laughs> just sometimes. Sometimes it's like sometimes like a couple guys will pop up. Like I think Athens to you, to be honest, like that was right around like Twitter was coming out, so I was on Twitter a lot and looking at a lot of NHL stuff. 
And so it was yeah. just a lot of like junior highlights. And so every now and then at that Athenasee would pop up and I'd see it and I'd be like, damn, he looks pretty good. So like just, th- I think that he's sort got of, such wheels. Yeah. And I think that was the big thing that stood out to me is, is like, especially I remember playing uh, like franchise and like season modes and like trading for people and looking to see and like Athenasee's potential is always off the charts in NHL. Like, you can get him to like, like an 89, 90 overall player in franchise <laughs> mode. So you're like, so, I know this guy's going to be awesome. So, like yeah. I would, I would like play as the Oilers and get him on on McDavid, and that was just the demon speed demon line. It was you couldn't stop them. To be fair, I know you're not saying that this is gonna directly translate to the real NHL, but to be fair, to be fair, the uh, Puliarvi is always like a 94 power forward for me. So yes, that's also true. Yeah, exactly. Maybe uh, maybe it'll work out still. Uh, Yamamoto <laughs> breaks ninety, but you know what? He still might do that. He might actually do that in real life. Yeah, I mean, I think that's possible. Okay, so <laughs> I want to, as far as the second round picks we gave up for Athens to <clears throat> excuse me. So we did that in presumption that he was, we were fighting for first place. And you give that up and it's, it's I'm not saying that, oh, now that said we should get the second round pick back and give them like a third. But it kind of applies to that where it's like if you start all of a sudden being like, oh, this trade had a condition, it didn't get hit, but we're going to give it to them anyways because it would have. It's like, yeah, but like maybe Edmonton catches Vegas and we have a bye. Like it just gets into a whole bunch of what if scenarios, which is why when I sent that tweet out, it's like to me in my bias and admittedly, I think that's a black and white scenario of you had the conditions. There's no condition of like, you know, prorated. It's if he hit 21 goals. He didn't do that. Again, knock on wood, but maybe there's... What's the difference between us not playing the last 73 games and Neil getting hurt in the next game? Like, no one knows how that would play out. So that that's another reason, in my opinion, why you just... I really don't understand how you can prorate it because it's like prorating... You're taking such a random game of hockey with so many injuries and just being like, ah, yeah, we're just going to average it out. You can't. Which they've you can't do. The, you, they've yeah, ended no, the season. They've no, ended it. Yeah. And that's why I was confused when Matheson was like, oh, they're going to look at it. I was like, are they, though? Like, And, and I, I'm not going to rip on Matheson. I mean, we've done that enough on our show already. Um, but, like, I got to think, like, unless he actually is getting an inside scoop, the way he tweeted it out kind of made it sound like it was just his take. It, I mean, like he, it wasn't like, oh, this is what the NHL said. It was just a lot like, of journalists just speculate, too, though, right? So there's no set in stone exactly what's happening. Yeah. So you could see how he could put out that tweet and just to cause exactly what we're doing here, right? Just chatter about it. That's it. Yeah, and especially yeah. knowing Matheson, like he honestly probably sat there thought about it and didn't like actually think about it like you know like we just sat down and thought we're like okay maybe it's a possibility and then we talked through it he probably just got did that first part and then it was like yeah it's good and just shot the tweet out so yeah he's like in the 80s this is uh this is how they do it in the 80s and just so, shot, uh... like he wasn't really thinking he just kind of he, he he it was kind of half-baked it was it sounded good from the beginning and then he just kind of shot it off and then we all sat there thought about it and we're like but that doesn't make any sense so michael are you suggesting that matheson uses drugs is that what no. you're suggesting right now no half-baked i think that's what i heard i think <laughs> I think it's. I think he. You're suggesting that he's a drug addict. Okay. Yeah, it's a good clip hey, right there. You can guest host. Yeah. You <laughs> can, the click clickbait right there. Yeah. <laughs> 
Yeah, just a, just a five second clip of you Guest saying Matheson, Matheson is drug addict. Baked. Yeah. <laughs> Cut it all up. Yeah. Um, okay, so as we get, you know, we're moving along and getting closer to hockey returning. So, you know, I wanted to talk to you guys and get both of your opinions on what do you think the Oilers roster should look like? What kind of the key decisions as far as game one of the playoffs? So I'll start with kind of an easier one, and this is definitely just going to be opinion. Who's your guys' goalie game one? We'll start with you, Kyle. Where, where are you at, man? I mean, I I would go back to to Smith, I think, just with how he played last season in the playoffs with Calgary and single-handedly pretty much tried to carry them through i mean obviously that didn't happen but he was the only reason that they had a shot for the most part right as far Um, as playoff sample size it's him for sure yeah yeah um and realistically Koskinen's not a bad backup plan for how he's played right um Mm -hmm. i could i could see him easily getting the start as well but i think with talbot being the head coach and him having a history with smith already with arizona I, i i think it's easily smith going in where are you at, Michael? Um, you know, I think, you know, I think it's pretty tight. I think I agree. It's pretty tight. So I think if you're going to say Smith, then I guess I'll be the flip side of the coin and I'll go Koskinen. <laughs> um, I think. That means I'm the tiebreaker. Because, <laughs> you know, I think Smith is, Smith is good. And I think the fact, his, the playoffs he had with Calgary is, is definitely a big, like, push for him to be that starter in game one but every time he's in net i just cringe just a little bit <laughs> like every time he comes out to play the puck and that just i was like, gonna say i cringe when he's outside of the net and sometimes. i just <laughs> worry that like that sort of mistake one way or another in a mm-hmm. best of right your first to three win series right best of five against chicago and like people like kane and stuff like that where they'll like I don't know. They're cerebral players. Like they, I just feel like they know Mike Smith and Koskinen is such a by the book, big, hard to score against goaltender. I think that he might be good, but I think it's one of those things where if you start Koskinen game one, he doesn't have a good game. Oh yeah. Like Smith's in the next one. Like I think, I think, I think we are lucky to be in a situation where we are, where are semi-confident that no matter who we put in, we're going to have a good night from. Yeah, and I think that's the thing is just like a little bit of inconsistency, but both goalies have really had their share of hot stretches throughout the year. So I'm with both of you guys in the sense that I don't really think there's a wrong decision. Now, I'm sorry, Kyle, but I got to go with the new guy, just my gut feeling. And I'll (laughs) I'll give you two reasons why. One, and it's it's probably not all that valid because there was such a break, but my first reason is, Koskinen was the, the hotter goalie from my recollection towards the, when the season ended. Yeah, he was. So that, that's kind of there. a, I'll give like a half reason there. I don't think that's that legit. My second reason is I think a mad Mike Smith is a good Mike Smith. And not that I'm banking on Koskinen having a bad first game, but like Michael said, I agree. If Koskinen does have a bad first game, or even if he just has like an okay game, but we lose, you go to the Mike Smith game too. And I think you've got a pissed off Mike Smith going in that is going to be wanting to prove himself from not getting it in game one. He wants to be that guy. 
I I totally agree with you guys. I'm I'm just saying the only reason that I put him above was because of his history with the coach. No, right? that's fair. And, that's fair. And, I don't and, think you're and wrong. And I I think like we've talked all season. I actually think he's been the better positional goalie all season too. I think he actually is the better person to put in for the first game and probably the whole series, especially um, when he's confident. That's just like when Koskinen's on. Yeah. Yeah, no, and and especially like like you say too, John. Like he was the hotter goaltender towards the end of the season. Like um, uh, easily he was right. Smith had a couple games where he wasn't looking very good. He was shaky. So I really don't think there's a bad decision to be honest. Like I could understand it from either way, mm-hmm. but I think like the the biggest key point is what Michael said, and it's you're you're flipping if it doesn't go well game one. Absolutely. Either like way, if you I let think, in yeah. even on, I, I don't know. Like it's, it's obviously you'd have to see how the first game plays out, but it, it, you're going to be on a short leash no matter what. You, whoever's you the have first to, goalie. I think you have to view this series versus Chicago, not as a round one of the playoffs though. Like, and I think that's why you have that freedom to switch up your goalies. It's not like a, right. If you switch your goalies after the first game in round one of the playoffs, people are a little bit like, oh no, it's right. It's, it's a this, controversy. Right. But yeah. you, but you got to look at, I think, I know it's a five game series, but you got to look at this as a little bit less serious than round one of the playoffs. Next round, I think that's when we have to pick a goalie and then ride with him. This one is where we get to test the waters and see which one we're going to go with into that next one. So this is right. This five, five game series is the, the the really the the preview for who our goalie going into the actual NHL playoffs is. I I think I think you're completely right and from my perspective as far as the goalies goes, I don't know if I'd say that it's like I'd almost say that there's more pressure on this first series just because it's a best of five. Like that's a lot of that's not a lot of room for error, I guess, in my sense. So maybe not as serious in the sense that you do kind of get rewarded if you lose. Again, kind of knocking on wood a lot this episode. But I've got to just mention this really quick. Can I just say that the NHL world would explode if the Oilers got knocked out and then won the lottery? <laughs> oh, my God. Like, can you guys, can you fucking imagine? Like, I. Did I miss it? I thought that wasn't possible. Did they change that? Yeah. So from, yeah. correct me if I'm wrong, but the last I had heard was the. I know they were giving like letters to all the teams that got knocked out. I didn't know they were lottery eligible. I thought they were doing it before the playoffs. Yeah. So from, and I don't think it's been like, it might not have been a hundred percent, a hundred percent decided, but, oh, but Bob McKenzie had tweeted gotcha. out yeah. exactly. It's like yeah. they'll pretty much they'll do the lottery with fifteen slots, and then if those last eight slots are gonna just be like one, two, three, four, or like A, B, C, D, and then if one of those lotteries or one of those letter slots that's uh, seven through fifteen wins the lottery, once all the teams get knocked out they'll do another lottery to figure out what letter goes to what team, which is kind of fucky. And I don't know 100% sure, but I, I think the lottery might still be before that round is done, potentially. So I almost wonder, like, yeah, like if you're like, kind of if you're know like if Montreal, you're, the team and you're like, well, let's lose right now so we can get, you know, well, laughing. That's yeah, literally yeah. it. Like, if you're in the middle yeah. of a series and you know you don't, you probably don't have what it takes to make a run, and the lottery happens and one of those teams moves up to first, and you're like, we have a one in eight chance of Alexis Lafreniere. 
Like, <laughs> all of a sudden you're throwing your AHL players in there, just getting steamrolled like 8-1 in game five. Like, <laughs> this is going to be a crazy would, Montreal playoff would riot, run, boys. But if, if, it didn't, if it didn't happen, <laughs> Montreal would riot. I like how we say we just assume it's going to be Montreal when there's teams. Like, I mean, Chicago, Montreal, and Rangers, I guess, are kind of the three worst that made it. Yeah. No, that that's fair. I mean, the fact that you even brought it up, like, my brain just started thinking, like, just picturing just McDavid and Lafiniere next to each other. I just saw, like, quick little flashes. <laughs> like, that is – you can't do that to me. That's just – that's dangerous. Michael's just, like, drooling over there on the other side, just, like, completely zoned out. Oh, my God. All of a sudden, the camera shuts off. <laughs> <laughs> and now, a quick message from our friends at Alley Cat Brewing Company. Check out their new summer raspberry sour, Razzy Cat, in addition to their full lineup of delicious brews. Alley Cat is the OG craft brewery in Edmonton, serving Yegg since 1995. For more information, check out alleycatbeer.com. That's alleycat with a K, beer.com. Don't forget to mention that you listen to the Oil Country podcast for an additional 10% off your order. Get the, get the third beer going. <laughs> and we are back, everybody. Um, I want to get continue this talk of, of the roster as far as the playoffs or the play-in round, I should say. So... From my understanding and doing a little bit of digging and looking in, the playoff roster limit this year is going to be a little bit different. They are limiting it to 28 players, and that is players as in skaters. So 28 skaters and unlimited goaltenders. But your whole organization, including staff, players, trainers, the whole nine yards coaching, has to be 50 or under. So a lot of that kind of depends on like if you bring a full 28 players and then four goalies, you only have 18 spots. So without getting like too, too deep into that, but that's a lot of leeway. I mean, that's 10 extra players and however many extra goalies you want to bring. Where do you guys look at the roster? And I can, I can give kind of a rundown if you guys think we should for the listeners of what the roster is looking right now, according to Cap Friendly, but people probably understand the gist of it. Do you guys like who do you think is is a call up candidate, legitimate call up candidate? I guess is is where I'm trying to stumble through my words here to get to. I mean, <laughs> I think you would have to throw Benson's name back out there again, right? Not that he showed amazingly when he was up here, but yeah, he would definitely be a decent one. Um, He'd probably be the first one I'm, I got to imagine, or like one of, I guess. Um, I think, I mean, Benson, maybe, I mean, I don't, did he get into any games this season? I don't remember. He did get into a few. He got into three or four, I think. He didn't, he didn't astound me. I don't remember like him sticking out any when he did play. Um, So here's just, sorry to interrupt. No, go ahead. I will say one thing about that. Now you have quite a bit of a limit. The other thing is the AHL has canceled. Yeah, you can bring up anyone. So... I guess you could look at it in a sense of like, maybe you'd rather you don't want to pull Benson away from his family and home just to not play. But I do kind of also think that it's like, would practicing with the big team, maybe experiencing a bit of a playoff run if they do go on one, that could be good for his development. 
even if he's in the press comp box, because it's not like he's missing out on game time somewhere else. I think we're going to hate this, but realistically, if we think what Coach Tippett is going to do, I think Granlin or Yurcho are going to be the, the the first two to come up before. I, I think, if, ben, yeah, I think if Benson doesn't come up, it's them for sure before I before they take anyone else. And I guess if you look, I won't go through the whole list of players because we all kind of know, but but looking at just position breakdown, so we have five centers, which is one extra center, and then 10 wingers, which is a full, sorry, two extra wingers, one on each side, eight defensemen, one extra lefty, one extra righty, assuming they go three and three, and then Koskinen well, and Smith. yeah, I was going to say so it is like you're, Bouchard next. Yeah. I, that, and that was kind of the thing. It's like, I wonder if like Bouchard's a guy that I probably... And I don't know how much playing time he gets, but you could also look at it where it's like if the forwards do get into some injury issues, you might go, you know, 11 forwards and 7D in certain situations and get Bouchard as kind of that, you know, he might only get five, six minutes a night, but it'll be in, it'll be in positions where he's in a position to succeed. Do we also know, is there like a cutoff or, or can you like fluctuate? people you bring like like let's say like you you bring up some people and then depending on injuries you decide like let's say some defensemen go down but the people you've brought in are benson and granlin can you send benson away and bring bouchard in if you need defensemen like how does that work i've got to imagine that so they from what i could find and what the nhl has said i don't think there's anything concrete saying whether people can come in and out obviously they don't want just excuse me random call-ups and call down or send downs for the sake of safety but you have to imagine there's some provision in place with when injuries come into effect sorry this beer's giving me hiccups um that yeah so if you get injuries in that you'd have to have like some type of emergency call up you'd think right nobody wants to see some stand the cup final being like oh you only have nine forwards left tough shit yeah now even though that would Bou- be kind of fucking now, really now cool bouchard's but... playing left wing yeah clapping bombs from the left circle <laughs> maybe that's a thought it just becomes the blood bowl trying to injure the other team yeah. so you can just forfeit win like <laughs> they're yeah. playing like three on two with like three lines <laughs> yeah. um i I don't know. I would think that, yeah, you have to be able to, right? There, there's no way that you can't call up in an emergency. I, I would obviously assume regular waivers would apply just like anywhere else. Um, but, uh, but yeah, I, I don't know how you would do that because they would have to quarantine themselves in order to respect the guidelines of it. So, like, do you push it back 14 days when you need a call up? Like, Yeah, do it? they? Well, I mean, I'm assuming yeah. that they're going to have something in place for testing. So I don't think you would have to. I don't think you would have to self-isolate as long as you can get a test in and then they're negative. Um, but that a lot of Fair. that's kind of maybe maybe we're getting a little ahead of ourselves because it's just too tough to say without, you know, knowing where they are, where the, how the governments are working with them. I mean, it's I think they're going to waive that 14 days for the NHL, to be honest. I think that'll well, be a deal sure, breaker. Right? But uh but yeah, I, I don't know. Yeah, like I, I know the Alberta government, right, is asking for Trudeau just to open. Yeah, it up from what I, from what I heard, um, yeah. Kenny, our premier, had sent a letter, as well as uh, Iverson, the mayor of Edmonton, as well as sorry, I'm blanking on her name. You guys obviously wouldn't know her name, so I don't even get. Oh, Hinshaw, who is our uh, like chief medical officer, who's been like really high up for the whole pandemic. Um, so. They, and they they all wrote letters. So, I mean, I think they're definitely pushing, which shows that they're going to be willing 
to probably make some exceptions. Um, I guess it's just hard because we're so far out, but getting back to the, the call up specifically with me mentioning that they kind of, they kind of have an extra player at every position minus goalie. Other well, they do have a backup. They just don't have a third. So I imagine with the 28 limit, personally, I'd call up Bouchard, Lagason, Granlund, Benson, and probably Yurko or Marodi. Yeah. And even like, as far as like the dark horse guys I throw in there, like I'd throw like Gambardella and Curry in there too. Oh, I'd, who put, haven't, I'd put Curry in there for sure. Yeah, and I don't. Did Curry see NHL time this year? Off the top of either of you guys' heads, I'm trying to remember. I don't think. Uh, I don't, I don't think, think so either. either. I know he Unless did the year the before the season, where we had Curry yeah. and Cave playing together. I think he did. Near and the, I know near Cave the came end up there. this played, last year. He played 56 games. He played the most games in the NHL. Okay, the so Curry didn't come McLeod, up. I guess, yeah. And I don't think Gambardella did either. And he was up the year before as well. And I liked Gamba. Uh, I think. I mean, he's not a high-end skill player, but I think he's like a fourth liner that can come in a game. I think if, if you're there. throwing Gambardella in the NHL games, you've got a real issue. Well, I think it's like he's an, he's definitely yeah. an injury replacement. Like I'm not taking out like Nygaard or Chieson yeah. or Archibald or anybody for him by any means. Yeah. So, and does anyone else have any things on the call ups that they? Maybe, I guess maybe star it. You have unlimited goalies, or I guess a lot of that probably depends. In my opinion, anyways, on if are you allowed emergency call ups? Because star it, there's no way he's going to get time unless there's two injuries. So. If you're allowed emergency call-ups, if your goalie oh, gets you hurt, think of a goalie coming up. You might. Man. I yeah. mean, you might uh, even bring guys though. Like, if you can bring like a decent amount of guys, you might even bring guys just to maybe like because you're you're not going to be thinking because we're going right into yeah. like series almost. So there's not going to be a lot of practicing going on. So you might get, bring guys even in to like help with practice and practice. stuff like that. You know, yeah. Like just have just have like Koskinen's played four games in a row, and you bring Starred in right. as a practice and, goalie and, and give Koski the game on or the and, day and, off. I, well, I think Skinner's there before Starrett. Skinner played the majority he of the He did, but I think there. that was played. developmental in my opinion. I think Starrett's the more mature goalie is why I have him. But I think Skinner's got the brighter yeah, future for would, sure. I just think Starrett's like... something like that, but for that training purpose, bring in some extra guys for practice so you don't have the defensemen go in, you know, every other shift like you do in, in, in yeah, practice Yeah, it's like, like that. if you've got the space, you probably look at bringing a guy like Keegan Lowe up. I mean, hell, you know, if, you're, it's like, if you're just bringing people for, for, for it, listen, if you're looking for a pylon so McDavid can skate around, Keegan Lowe's your man. <laughs> was that mean? And get was his that, dad Kevin out there. Was that the, mean? I feel like that was play a line together. No, that's fair, man. <laughs> I mean, I think we can all agree that Keegan Lowe, like, I'm not all on in, like, the, the uh, nepotism on that one, because I think, like, he has actually, like, put up decent AHL numbers. Um but like he's an AHL vet. He's literally down there for like, yeah. hey, this is how to be like an AHL vet mm-hmm. for you guys that are like learning the game, the pro game. Yeah, that's why for he's sure, there. For sure. But yeah, there, I'm a hundred percent with you. I mean, he's not an NHL D man. I'd rather have Gambardella as an NHL D man, honestly. Before <laughs> I, uh, um, I guess like you know the one thing we got to think about here too, boys, and that is like assuming they're not allowed call ups and send downs. Because I think what's going to happen is they're going to say 28 players, you have to name your playoff roster. 
whether all of those guys get called up right away, but you're going to have your like 28 guys. Now, if you just get decimated with injuries and you have like 14 guys out, obviously they're going to like let you have some type of emergency basis. But with that said, you're going to have to assume that like you're going to have to plan that you're going to make a cup run. So you're potentially playing one best of five series and four best of seven series with this roster, with all the injuries that that entails. So that's why I'm kind of more on the, like, I think they bring like a swath of guys in. And a lot of it is just like they're practice guys. They're probably not even going to practice every practice just for having too many bodies out there, but give a guy a day off, you know, whatever goalie comes in, gives Koskinen a day off or Smith or whoever, I, I I just I don't think it hurts. I think any any amount of rest or extra just comfort you can give your regular guys, I think will help. Agreed. Once they get up to speed. Yeah, yeah. But I, I mean you gotta assume that they're gonna get a bit of a training camp. And you know, that that's the one thing we talked about last episode with that best of five. Assuming we beat Chicago, I think that's an advantage in round one. Now down the stretch, if they make on a cup run, having those extra three, four, five games, maybe that wears on them a little bit stamina-wise. But I think it'll be an advantage as long as you win. I think barring injuries, going into the, the game with Chicago, I think you'd be super, you'd be, you'd be super flexible with the lineup. And in the first three games, like if, if you can, like obviously you're trying to win. Like the, if you can sweep Chicago in three games, obviously that's what you're trying to do. But, yeah, but, but you can still, like, be a little bit more fluid with your lineup in getting in, like, a Chris Russell and a Mike Green on every couple nights and then, and then finalize what you want to do. Like, you don't need to play. You don't need to go into game one versus Chicago being like, this is our lineup and we're going to run with this to the Stanley Cup. You don't need to do that. You can use this series versus Chicago as a – like just dipping your toes in you, you don't need to think of it you're not jumping into the series yet you this is a dip into the playoffs and i think if the guys can look at it that way they'll be able to ease their way into it a little bit more as opposed to like a playoff atmosphere you, you got to ease right. into this a little bit like this is this is a marathon this is not a sprint and i mean i think you got to come out as like the hungry team but i do agree as far as the lineup decisions i think there's a there's a lot of I mean, you won with this many players, you're going to have a ton of options, but it's funny you bring up Russell Green because I mean, we can all agree that our top four will be Clefbaum, Larson, Bear Nurse. But when you look at that third pair, I don't necessarily think these are our best defensemen of those options, but game one, I think I start Russell Green as my third pair. Steady veteran presence on the back end. I mean, the foot speed is an issue. But I don't know how much I want, like, Caleb Jones. And you already got one rookie defenseman in Bear. Do you really want, like, you know, up to 50% of your defense having no playoff games? I, don't I guess know. Benning does. So count- he would I mean, some. are you counting out Maybe Benning? Maybe I'm out to lunch I mean, there. Kyle, what, you can tell me I, I mean, am. Kyle, what do you think? I mean, would you put Benning in there before you guys are gonna, You guys are going to gang up on me, hey? That's how this is going to be? <laughs> I would put I would put Russell in there I think before Green I guess like just the foot speed but I mean like at least Russell blocks shots I mean otherwise his his and it's not IQ he doesn't only just block shots either boards, that dude right? kills penalties like sorry man. I'm not saying yeah. I'm not saying that that's just his highlight right but uh but I mean he he does 
throw the puck up the boards a lot. Sure. Um, that's he's kind not of a his puck escape plan. <laughs> and that's, he's, that's what he's ragged on. And and I think he's kind of get get sorry more hate than he's deserved, right? And that's because of his contract more than his play. Um, so I would have him there, um, but I would keep Green out. Uh, yeah. See, I think they brought Green in for a reason, and I think he's one of those older guys. Like he's been playing a lot of minutes in Detroit. Now this this two and a half, three and a half. Did Detroit do off, good this season? Like a, no. Did I but miss like, that? That's not to say like he was their veteran. Like, what do you expect, Mike Green, to drag some dog shit team to the playoffs? I don't feel like I saw enough yeah. of Mike Green though as an Oiler to really make well, an he opinion. Got, he of got him. hurt yeah. early. Like, I don't so, feel like I can really form an opinion on Mike Green. I don't know if he's good or not. Like, I like like I like I side on the like like the cautious side with him, but like I don't know. Like, he could turn out to be better than a, a, a Benning or, or a Jones at the moment. But I just, I don't, I'm not confident enough in him to say you're better than Benning. Yeah. I think Benning had a good season. I don't think he gets out of there. Yeah. No, I, I think Benning was fine. Here, here's what I'll say. I think with the depth that, and like depth to a point where you have a lot of guys fighting for a lot of positions, there's already a lot of competition. And I think if Tippett was really happy with his defensive depth and the guys on the third pair, I think we have a fifth round pick and uh, Ken Holland doesn't trade for a green. Now that's just my gut. Maybe I'm totally out to lunch and maybe he's literally just insurance. And cause you have to think again, we're planning on, you know, best case scenario. We make a cup run. We go to game seven of the Stanley cup and win. So you're going to lose at least one or two defensemen throughout that run. So maybe that's why they bought green in. But my point with him playing so much is like he was playing top four situations and I think a lot of people look at Green as still that like, oh, he's a guy that's like been a power play specialist his whole career and now he can't skate. I feel like his defensive game has like really shirt up in his in his 30s. He's definitely not near as fast, but and probably doesn't have as good of hands, but can still pass all right. I just I and don't know what's a lot more solid defensively. I just don't know because like I want to believe you when he said when you say he's solid defensively. And it's just like we saw him on Detroit, and Detroit was just a bad team. And it's so a I super hard team to so gauge. So like, for I sure. don't know how to look at Green and be like, okay, well, was he good defensively? But then you look at his numbers, and his numbers are horrible. For sure. But how much of that is Detroit? How much is him? And so I just it you know it, Green is is a very much a mystery to me in this whole thing. It's where does Green stand? And that's completely fair. I guess it was more so because like I didn't really I didn't watch much of Detroit this year. Like I'm not talking about that. Me neither. I was I guess my point is I was extremely surprised at how solid Mike Green was in his brief stint with the others before he got hurt. Now that is a super small sample size. So maybe it is literally just like he had a couple good defensive games. He literally played two games. But I thought from the eye test, he looked solid in those two games. I will I fully admit. I will fully admit that he, um, that that is a super small sample size, though. Can I ask you guys a question on kind of the opposite side of the spectrum, though? Yes. Since this is happening during the coronavirus, right, and we're picking the roster, how do you feel about the players getting a choice and going? Like, Felina was on TSN Today talking about how players should get an option whether they go or not, because... Like Felino himself, I'm sure, I think it was his kid or his wife has heart issues. Uh, I mean, and there's Max, been a couple other Max players. Domi's a diabetic. Right? Like, you know, there's a lot of players out there that do have 
There's got to be players with that, asthma. Right? So, or, or personal issues, yeah. Personally, like, as much as I want to see every single player going, I think that's, like, a basic right. Now, if the NHLPA, in my opinion, like, this is the, the kind of the crappy part of the business world we live in with hockey. If the NHLPA agrees that the players are going as their, as their union and as their representatives, what happens if a player doesn't go like that's more or less terms for a holdout and i'm not saying they terminate his contract but i don't think that player is getting paid like i Definitely think they're not getting paid i can see that like that's what you're accepting not and to like go. do they even like yeah. if they've been getting paid this last because that they, they were getting the other or sorry the oilers the players were getting paid once the season suspended for like a while and then they started deferring payments to lower escrow like they started refusing checks because they were getting really concerned about escrow. So now I don't even know, like, during the playoffs, are the players even getting paid? Because they were already kind of getting paid. I don't even know if they are. I think that's probably part of the discussion, right? They might even talk about not getting paid in order to keep that escrow down. Because it's probably going to continue to go up next year, too. This is this is just oh, yeah. such a weird yeah. hockey season. Like, oh, I man. can't remember <laughs> another th- season where anyone leading into the playoffs has ever worried about the things we're worried about right now like 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 any of the them. fact that yeah. we're sitting here talking about this blows my mind <laughs> well it's such a it's such a like we're not as traditional as baseball but it's like very little changes with the nhl playoffs yeah every for year. sure like yeah. it's been a best of seven for freaking my a i long have time. never been alive in a time where the playoffs have not been best of seven other than like lockout yeah, that was literally yeah, like yeah. the only other really weird year hockey wise was when we didn't have hockey. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah, it's it's man, that's weird. It, it, I mean, it is weird. It's going to be I think like the, the stage is set to be a weird ass entertaining. I'm just excited. Absolutely for bonkers run. Now, I'm just going to say. And maybe this is the beer talking. Maybe this is just that I'm getting so desperate for hockey to come back. But as the, maybe I'm just deranged. Honestly, I just miss it so much. But as the break here, the suspension has gone on, I've gotten more confident of the Oilers status. I don't know what it is, but I'm just like, it would be such an Oilers thing in my opinion, especially after like, what, three decades now without winning a cup? And Canada, no Canadian teams won a cup. It would just be such a perfect year for the Oilers to win a cup. And I think the biggest reason why is because it would paint this. It would it would paint the picture for every other fan in the NHL to be like, oh well, it doesn't count. It was a weird, you know, like you know how like we're talking about the like we're going to talk about the dry cycle thing, and it was like you have Brian Burke, the biggest Flames ho- homer and anti Oilers guy saying, yeah, it's dry sidle and it's not close for the heart. And fans of every fan base are talking about freaking Eichel winning it. They're like <laughs> one of like the few teams that missed the playoffs and the dude is like tenth in scoring. And like I'm not Eichel is a great player. But it's like this isn't his year to win the heart, man. Like so sorry, I'm getting I got like ranting. Winning there. the heart trophy and you're on a team that missed the playoffs twenty fifth. Why did four teams make it? Yeah. Like are you kidding me? And then, like, literally two years ago, the argument is like, oh, well, like, yeah, McDavid's the best player, but the Oilers didn't win. So better give it to Taylor Hall. 
and now it's like an oil that you're supposed win, to win. And like, oh, no. <laughs> Those rules don't apply anymore. So sorry for getting ranty, but I think that's like, that's almost why, like, I'm not really a big believer of fate, but if I was, it would just be the most Oilers. But I think every fan base stage. Is, I think every fan base is thinking that though. If you think about it, think about it from a Toronto Maple Leafs fan. Like they, they're penning that like, oh, if we win, like they are probably saying the exact same thing that we just said. Like, like so many people are excited That's for true. hockey, and the way this whole thing is set up is it makes everyone, and I think that's what makes it so exciting and intriguing for everyone, is everyone feels like they've got a chance all of a sudden. Like, all of a sudden, like, like you were Chicago, like, you were, like, I remember talking to, like, some of the, some of the guys, yeah, like, like right, they're sitting it. there, like, before we went into the pause, they're sitting there, like, oh, my God, this season has been not great, we're, we're not doing great, I'm looking forward to the draft and, and what we're going to do there. But now, all of a sudden, you just need three wins and you're in. That's it. Like three, like there yeah. will be upsets like, too. Oh, there for will sure. Be. Like yeah. everyone, yeah. like I think that's what makes this such an enter- entertainment is everyone now feels like all of a sudden we've got a chance. We doesn't matter how far out of it we were with 13 games left. We only need three wins and we are in this damn thing. We all know how the Stanley Cup playoffs are. Well, and, and that's the thing. I mean, you look at the Oilers in 06, you look at the Kings and it's just like you, man, you get, you get a team that comes together at the right point, even if they're not as talented. Like, look at Tampa last year. They were by far the most talented team in the NHL and literally get swept. And you look at St. Louis. I mean, very talented team in their own right, but looked like absolute dog shit for 41 games of the year. And I think that's the thing where, like, any team in the NHL, you come together as a team at the right time and your goalie gets hot, you can win a cup. Like, that. that's the ingredients. Oilers... 2006. I, I yeah, mean, I, absolutely. It, it somehow it all tr- always tracks back to that. Like somehow, like that is like the point in in time. Like that's the pivot point. But Oilers 2006. Yeah. You got you got timely goals. You got some guys that stepped up and played a little bit above their roles. I.e. Rafi Torres. This is, this is Pisani, the format for that. And this, this encourages that. This format is what we're doing is we are encouraging those underdog stories to be possible more than your usual Stanley Cups would. So who do you guys like? And I'll, I'll give us all a moment to kind of pull up that bracket in the plan round. Who do you guys like that aren't favorites? Because I'll say right now, I like I don't know. I don't think Montreal goes on a run. I like Montreal against Pittsburgh, though. Oh, Price could show up and, and that, that, destroy that, Pittsburgh. Exactly. Like, they, and and Montreal actually has like a speedy team. They're not a terrible team. They just and, don't and have they, they a top stretches. <laughs> yeah. But uh, but yeah, that's definitely one that I could see Montreal coming out on top. Um, I mean, Florida could beat the Islanders. That's one I could see. I'm trying to look it over right now. Yeah, sorry, I'm looking at the freaking... Oh, the Blues beat the Bruins last year, in case anyone was curious. That's what I found. I mean, even though they're close, and I get it's the the Flames, but Hellebuck could 
turn it on. The Jets hey, obviously have defensive I, issues. I went, but. I went on to a meeting. I went on a Zoom meeting with my dad and a couple of his friends that are in Calgary right now, and they're they're semi Flames fans, and they were asking me my opinion because they obviously know what 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 I do, and they were like, well, "What do you think for it?" And I was giving the edge to the Jets. I. I I don't. I think the Flames don't have the goaltending to stand up to the firepower of the Jets, and I think the Jets have just enough defense and amazing goaltending from Hellbuck to beat the Flames. I don't think the Flames can do it. I think if the Jets play the right way too, mm-hmm. I think if the yep. if the Jets play a heavy physical like go at you, yeah. go at your neck way, I still and like I know this is such a circle jerk of a point against Flames, but <laughs> I just I it's like. Man, I think that team folds under physical pressure. Well, well, that's what the they did when we seen them live, John. Right? Like they were an injured team too. The Jets were super injured when we seen them, and they still played the Oilers well. Right? Like it was a close game that we just got out yeah. of, and uh, and that's what they did. Right? They forechecked well. They were consistently attacking the puck, and and I mean they have incredible players there with Wheeler and Shifley and Line even right when he gets going. So I mean. Yeah, they, they could definitely be a team that turns it on as well. You know what I'm going to say right now, boys? You're all looking at the bracket. I think that we are o- going to be the only higher seed in the West that wins. Controversial. I think the Jets win. I think I, Minnesota I beats the Canucks. And I think, think Vancouver's going to beat Minnesota, but Minnesota could definitely turn it on again. Like the, They the only surprised one I, this season. Honestly, the only one I'm worried about is Arizona-Nashville. I think the other two, like, I'm actually, I'm pretty confident. But, I mean, hey, it's a five-round series. Anything could happen. The other thing is, what version of these teams do we get? Mm-hmm. Like, game one of a best-of-five seri- series is going to be their best game in, like, three and a half or four months, likely. There's just so many more. There's just so many more variables. It's like, who... And, like, everybody's healthy. Who worked out in the off-season and who played with their kids? Or off-season, right? Like, who who's in shape, who's not, yeah. right? Like, what form Well, that's of- the thing. It's like, which, which players have been trying to get better and which players have been, like, are, like, right now, like... Oh fuck! I didn't think are we were we gonna playing come back. NHL yeah, now hitting like, the gym. <laughs> are we playing? Are we playing like NHL like they were playing in February style hockey, which is like by the book, very defensive style, right? A lot of systems and stuff like that. Or are we playing October yeah. style hockey where it is all over the place? Well, and that's the like, I, you almost like I think it'll be tight defensively, but you have to think for at least a couple of games they're passing is going to be a little bit sloppy. Their positioning's not going to be great. Like, I just don't know how you can simulate it. Like, they're in camp for, what, like a month, more or less? A little bit under a month going into the season? There's still talk that they're going to have a couple, like, preseason warm-up games before all this, right? Or is it going to go straight into best of five? I think it's going to go just straight. After a practice? I think it's, I think going, it's going straight, straight in. in yeah, I think it's going, yeah. we're going right into this thing. And I think it's going straight in, and like that's why they're having the uh, the the four teams that have a bye play each other. Those are their like warm ups, so they're not going in cold. Yeah. My only yeah, fear is with no yeah. like, I, and I mean that's the thing with bringing bringing extra guys in. You have to imagine there's going to be so much scrimmaging done in practice, like leading up to this. Like it's got to be. Like and probably even a couple simulated games where they'd they get actual refs out there and literally play a period. They just do the the, the three on three tournaments they do in the preseason for the fans, 
just like right yeah. before make a little bit of money or i guess they can't have yeah. fans but they could stream them i guess yeah mm-hmm. now everybody from their own homes can watch mcdavid fucking spin around on keegan low and break his ankles <laughs> I, listen i go back and watch the the three-on-three mcdavid when he came in as a rookie a lot when he played in that three and he had oh, five yeah. goals do you guys remember like i go back and watch those highlights a lot more than i i'd like to admit <laughs> that is so much fun like he is just so much better than all those guys out there yeah it's just like oh man and you gotta remember dry sidle, dry sidles out on the ice at the same time too and yeah dry sidles improved so much though oh dry sidles. like remember after his after his rookie year and like flames fans were calling him a bust and like ripping on us i just remember him like that that little stint of him with taylor hall right before we traded him and he put up like 50 points with hall and us just going like whoa yeah this kid is for real he just put so much work into like i mean the skating was a huge thing but that's just like that's just hard work and commitment to improve your skating because that's not an easy thing to improve but even just like his passing man like well, he showed that he's, off at the uh, All-Star game, right? Yeah. Well, not the game, but the skills tourney mm-hmm. when he just, like, flew through the course. Like, yeah, was that the, that was the year before last, win. right? Like, or the yeah. year before this one? Yeah. Yeah. That, yeah. Like, yeah. He, he picked all those, like, saucer passes. Like, everyone, he was 4 for 4 I'm pretty sure. And then mm-hmm. hit all the laser lights. Like it, He's just a freak, crazy. man. Yeah. I, I honestly, it's so... And don't get me wrong. Like, fans, everybody has their, you know, they're entitled to their own opinion. I just, I struggle with, and, and it's just me being salty with, with ripping on our team, but seeing like in the, in the, in the hockey podcast network group chat and like three guys were talking about Eichel, everybody else is like, oh, it's gotta be McKinnon. And I'm just like, did you guys, like, I don't like, it's like they, they look for so many different reasons to, to like pinpoint why dry doesn't deserve it where like they make excuses for other players why they do and it's like yeah dry has a long ways to improve on his defense he took a step this year on defensively though and the i hate when they drop the plus minus because it's so skewed by the empty net goals against but anyways where was this criticism when kucherov won like kucherov doesn't play defense like he's worse at defense than dry is and and not a P. I don't remember hearing a single fan on Twitter, on Reddit, on nothing, talking about how Kucherov doesn't deserve to win the heart because he doesn't play defense. Pop off. It was just like, oh, he scored way more. That's good enough for us. Drysaddle does it. And it's like, oh yeah, but oh, but no, he plays with McDavid. And then you say, oh well, he didn't really play with McDavid this year, just on the power play. And it's like, oh well, it's just inflated by McDavid on the power play. And oh, it just you know he plays with all these great players. And it's like, who did Kucherov play with? He was on the highest scoring team in the freaking league. Like in like a long time. They like they were like dominant, man. I just it it bugs me so much. Yeah, Yeah, it was just stupid. I don't I shouldn't let it get to me, but it does. But I mean Mary, obviously. Yeah. yeah, If I didn't make that clear enough. (laughs) Cool hockey's the premier destination for authentic hand stitched NHL jerseys. I ordered an Oilers away Athanasiu because for anyone listening, you know he's been my boy for a little while. And the stitching quality on this jersey, let me tell you, this stitching quality is the best I've ever seen. Visit coolhockey.com slash THPN. That's coolhockey.com slash THPN. As well as use promo code THPN at checkout 
for 30% off your order of regular, custom, or signature jerseys. I keep going back to like I was baffled when I saw Burke be like, oh, it's it's dry settle and it's not close. Well, I'm he's like, right. It's dry settle. I he, can, he I can understand. <laughs> like, I get if people are like McKinnon. Sure. You know, sometimes they're just biased that way and you're not going to convince people otherwise. Sure. If you want to say it's McKinnon. And McKinnon, McKinnon had a bit of like adversity rant and then got hurt. Ms. Like, he, you know, McKinnon ha- is is an outstanding player and he is an outstanding yeah. part of the Colorado Avalanche. The Colorado Avalanche aren't the Colorado Avalanche without Nathan McKinnon. I 100% agree with all of that. But Dryside will put up 110 points in 75 games? Like, Less, that is, yeah. <laughs> like, are you kidding me? Like, stop. Like, there's a point where it's like, I understand your point, but you're just wrong. I And it's just like, I don't, I still get back to the, like, <sighs> you're looking, people are looking for reasons to, like, knock him down. Where, like, you look at the arguments you you just made, and it's like you didn't even have to cut McKinnon down to make that point. Yeah. But for anyone else, it's all like, oh, but Drysaddle has this. It's all these excuses as to why he did that. And it's like, yeah, but, like, other players aren't just doing that. Like, that's still so dominant. And I, I love the the argument of, oh, well, like, it's not best player. It's most valuable to your team, which should be true. But based off of how the award's been given out forever, that's not how it is. It's who had the best season. Just who is the best player in the NHL this year? If people, is what the, if people what the award are con- is for. confused about who should win this award, just send them the link to the entire four-goal dry style game versus Nashville. Just send them that link. Yeah. Like that is, that's all you need to see. You watch that game, and you will understand why he deserves to win win the heart. I think it's pretty obvious that he's supposed to win. I, I agree with you guys, right? Like McKinnon is realistically in the running. I think Halibut also, considering like although they were ninth place and out of the playoffs, he he did carry his team for a lot of the season, and they had a really rough go with defense for most of it. I think Panarin, um, Panarin is the only other one I would say is like deserves to be in I, there. Like I, it's it's agreed. three of those agreed. four. Yeah. Um, but uh, but yeah, throwing Eichel into the mix, I couldn't believe that when his name was getting thrown around there. I was like, what are you talking about? I texted John. I was like, is he trolling right now, or is this is this a serious? Hit? If if you weren't if yeah it, like if you weren't gonna give it to McDavid like when, when Hall won, if you gave it to Hall because McDavid didn't make the playoffs, there is if you give it to Eichel, oh man, he what didn't even like. It was a stretch that Chicago or New York were even going to make it, and you're going to give the MVP of the season to Eichel? And, like, it's the same argument that Oilers fans tried to make that's literally identical of when we missed the playoffs and McDavid didn't win it. And it's like, sure, we're 23rd, but if it wasn't for McDavid, we'd be 31st. And, like, they're using that same one, but it's like you literally missed a 2014 playoff. And they're like, yeah, we might be one of the worst seven teams in the league. But if it wasn't for him, we'd be one of the three worst teams in the league. Yeah, you get the MVP, bro. Congrats on your accomplishment. Going from fucking third to seventh worst. Like if I think like everyone's up talking about how Eichel's mad and like depressed about being in Buffalo. I feel like if that if if he won that award, I feel like that would make him feel worse. 
Yeah, it's like a slap in the face. Right? Like here's a little consolation prize for not getting in in the 24 playoffs. It, it, Here you can have the MVP award. Exactly. Yeah. You sure were, bud. Every, here's your gold star. Like, yeah. Working hard, bud. Like, yeah. like if I were Eichel and I won, and the people voted and I won the heart, and my team didn't even make a 24 team playoff style, like I would sit there and I'd be like, "Are you kidding me? Get me out of here!" Like I'd request a trade the same day I won the heart. Like, are you joking? In his acceptance speech <laughs> through like Skype. <laughs> That'd be so savage. <laughs> he he's been heated, man. Do you guys think he gets moved? Did yeah, you see his like statement? I think um, I think if he moves, I don't recall, it's, it's but I him. remember seeing it. I think if it's if if he moves, it's his decision. I don't think the team ever parts with that valuable no. asset. And that, I think that's the thing where it's just like I mean, and somebody had this point in the group chat, but it's like you're not going to get full return for Jack Eichel. You'll get like a really good package, but you're, there's no way you're going to replace the impact he has like that. And like, I always hate, like I kind of rip on Jack Eichel at times. Cause I feel like a lot of Buffalo fans talk about him like a friend or that he's a generational talent. And I, that's just my pet peeve um, that that's overused, but like, he's a great number one franchise center to build around. I've actually got a really good trade that I think they would take. Adam Larson, one for one. <laughs> Who's coming have to send who, more who, back. Did, who did you say is coming back to the Oilers? Jack Eichel. <laughs> Just like the Hall trade, dude. One for one. Why not? I don't think uh, I don't think the GM GM of Buffalo gets out of Buffalo alive if that goes through. Like like we wanted to kill Shirelli, but I think. If he gets out of Buffalo, <laughs> could you actually imagine? Like that would. <laughs> yeah, like we we actually like I was, I would fear for like my safety if I was Shirelli like out in public, like, but not in the sense that like I think you'd actually get killed. But you're right if they did that, and Buffalo fans are fucking crazy, man. Not like hockey fans are crazy, but they're just like they don't have that diehard hockey fan base. Like, sorry, they do have that diehard hockey fan base, but it's not like widespread. You guys know, like, Bills fans, like, they do that thing where they jump off, like, the they top of RVs. They jump their tables. They jump their the, tables. Like, yeah. They're like, you know, have you seen that shit, Kyle? No, I have not seen that. Yeah, no. you're not as big of a football fan. But you know those, like, gray fold-out, like, camping, like, the plastic fold-out camping tables yep. that are rectangular? Yep. These dudes at, like, football tailgates have a tradition where they literally, like, jump off the top of RVs in the parking lot and just, like, full-on so, horizontal body slam through just that like a table. So this is, this is like obviously... From, like, 20 feet up. So this is obviously a side shoot, but you guys are in Canada, and you guys yes. will not understand the, the, the craziness that goes on at tailgate. Uh, I, have either of you been to an NFL or college football tailgate before? No, we both, we both played football in Canada, and... So I've like, I've seen a lot as far as like video wise goes. I've, I'm not like a big college football fan, but especially during my like high school football days and college football days, I was like very much into that culture from afar, I guess. So, so you'll understand a little bit, but like, but like Bills fans and like, honestly, a lot of college people, I go to a lot of, I I, I see some college football games. I'm in a college town. Um, like just are nuts they will jump from anything i've seen people try to go through pool tables like and like these people are <laughs> madmen basically if it has four legs and you can crush through it from like a decent height they're going through this thing 
is is the plan that you hit it from like just high enough where the force is enough to break the table but breaking the table slows you down enough to not have brain damage is that or is it not I like think that thought that of? at that point you are so inebriated that the brain damage doesn't matter it's happening yeah, it's more like how black and blue are you going to wake so up? So if you day? guys like watching that sort of stuff, like Kyle, I don't know if you're into watching like epic fails videos, but go watch like on YouTube, go look up like like epic tailgate compilations. Like you'll see some like like great <laughs> like tailgate is just free for all. Okay, I'm sure down in Florida, you probably see a lot of it live there too. Yeah, they probably have the craziest ones. Yeah, too. yeah. Like I'm at I'm at like UCF that's in Orlando. Here is pro- I think it was. It's like one of, if not the top, like largest school as in population of students in the United States. Like it is. Oh really? Like we ha- I think it's like over sixty thousand students. Like it is a madhouse. <sighs> That, like they have, oh, they man. have like a lot. The culture is so different. Yeah, it, it it is it is very different. I've never understood it, and like I've gone to high school here and and elementary school here, and I just I've never I've never gotten it. But like that's obviously very sidetracked. But it's not too far off though from what we hope to see in Edmonton this season. Last week when we were chatting, Michael, you mentioned that you haven't you never saw an Oilers game in Edmonton. I have never seen an Oilers game in Edmonton. I've seen a lot of Oilers games. I, like it's, probably over right, 50 you, you Oilers travel games. like every year yeah and you, I see you them when they're in my, my hometown and... uh, we we go watch hockey games when we can I saw them in St. Louis this season uh when they mm-hmm. lost 2-1 I believe they scored a, a late goal there by Cassian mm-hmm. which was fun to see but they they lost um so yeah I go and see them almost as frequently as I can less than I'd like obviously I <laughs> Edmonton is weird watching games, to be honest, because it's like when the Oilers are doing like okay or bad. I mean, not even bad because bad was those are kind of weird years. But like right now, even when they're doing good in the regular season, it's like hockey is like church where it's it can definitely like on Friday night, it might get like bumping and people get drunk. But it's like during play. It's not like a ton of like partying and cheering unless like it's an intense ass game where especially if it's, you know, more of just an average hockey game. It's so much like all the fans are kind of just focused. And that was one of the things when I went to watch a game in Vegas that I was like, this is so different. Like people are here to like have a good time and watch hockey second where like Edmonton is like if it's not a Friday or Saturday night where everything just gets crazy it's like they're there to watch hockey and if they end up having a good time it's probably because the Oilers played really well so I've seen obviously I've seen a lot of lightning games as well being in Orlando (laughs) and I went to high school in Tampa so I've seen a lot of lightning games and the fans there uh it's sort of the same thing like you obviously there is like I'm not saying there's fans that don't know their stuff about hockey but I'd say the majority of the fans there enjoy hockey it's a fun sport to watch especially live Mm -hmm. it's one of the most fun sports to watch live in my opinion and uh they're there to um like you said have a good time and then watch hockey second which isn't a bad thing like you have a good time watching a hockey game and uh, the place gets rowdy and especially with the lightning the last you know like 10 years they've been quite Mm -hmm. decent so 
the fans have gotten quite attached to the team because they've been quite good. Yeah, um, it's it's like I don't want to like willy nilly throw around like the fair weather, but it's like it it really is. It's like when you and it's fair. It's like when honestly, similar to like football here, where like you know the Eskimos, the CFL team. And I know the CFL isn't near as big as the NFL, but it's like when the Eskimos are bad, it's like easy as hell to get tickets. Honestly, even like unless they're really good and it's like a playoff game or like against Calgary you can get tickets like fairly easily. Like we're we're kind of, there's a lot of people passionate about the Eskimos in Edmonton, but just like population wise, we're fair weather fans. And I think that's the same, right? It's like you have your diehard lightning fans for sure, but it's not enough to like sell out the hockey arena with them every day. I imagine. Right. Where I, like, I don't know. Edmonton's like maybe not everybody there is a diehard fan, but it's like very rarely do you see a person that's just like, yeah, I don't really like hockey. Someone just gave me tickets as long as the Oilers are actually good. When they're dog shit, everyone's trying to get Ky- the tickets. But Kyle, have you been to a game in 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 Edmonton in Rogers or Rexall? Uh, I went to a bunch in Rexall. Went to my first one. Uh, what was that? Just in March, February. I guess it would have been right. Yeah, late February. Yeah, was, it, it, actually, I mean, yeah, right at the start of March, like pretty much yeah. right before COVID kicked off. Um, yeah, so that's my first experience there, and and yeah, I know like with John, right? It's the church, like that's what it's called, right? Everybody is so quiet there, and and for the most part, pays attention. Unless I, I mean, obviously, there's people there out for the night and talking and having a good time too, but mostly everybody's paying attention. And and I'd say even like here in Montreal at the Bell Center it's pretty relatable to Edmonton. Like you see down on the bottom bowl, obviously there's a lot of white collar, uh, you know, upper blue collar workers that are sitting down there. And at most places you you would think like those, those seats there, they might be taken up by those people, but they're not really paying attention to the game. Right. Whereas in those stadiums, like those people are just as focused on the game as you are in the nosebleeds where you find, you know, quote unquote, real fans. Um, the difference I'd say in between the two, though, is that in Montreal, there's a lot more vulgarity and swearing that happens. Like, you know, especially you'll hear like the, the drunk French dude, like, Casey Gali, you know, like fucking just going off, right? And you're just, yeah. Uh, yeah, I don't know. Montreal's a, a blast. Super, super good time to go to a game. Too. Mm. I, I think the thing with Canadian hockey markets, and one of the things I really related to was, um, I, I mentioned this to Kyle when we were kind of peak quarantine with no hockey and we didn't have any news and we were talking a little bit about just Netflix, what we were watching and we were joking with that about you last week too, Michael. But, um, I watched Sunderland till I die, which is a premier league soccer team or they were, and I won't get into huge, huge detail, but they got relegated. So they got sent down to like the second league. So then that season they're trying to get they want to like get in the top two or three, I think it is. So they go back into the Premier League, and they ended up getting like second last and getting relegated to the third league. And this like, so this is like how the mighty have fallen, and their fan base because it's like that city is Sunderland fans. Like they don't. It's like sure, there's the odd one that might be like, oh, I'm a Man U fan or whatever. But it's like if you're born and raised there, you're a Sunderland fan. Like that's how you're raised, even if you're not really a soccer fan. And it's so nuts that it was a point where they had not won a game in their home stadium in over a year. So it all been like a lot of ties and a lot of losses. And they're fan. They're interviewing fans going in. And like it'll be like a weekend game, they're all hyped up. And if they lose, it like genuinely 
wrecks their week. Like these people's like quality of life is impacted when the team I, loses. I can, I can, I mean, I can get behind that. Like I like the, listen, the Oilers lose. It ruins my days until the next Oilers game. Like if the Oilers lose, I go to bed pissed, upset. Yeah. yeah. And I, I know as an Oilers fan, I'm like, you, you were, you were born in Alberta as well. Correct. Like yours, so you're, were you not sorry? I know I was I, I I was not I've been indoctrinated from, into it. Your dad is my from dad Alberta. is okay, from Banff. Right. My okay. dad is from Banff. He went to school. He went to U of A. He was a Golden Bear. Um, Came to the right uh, city. But okay. I but I, <laughs> I I I am not. No. I, so that's the thing is like I don't know what like like you guys are calling it the church, and I don't know how I would react if I was in that environment. Like I built up going to an Oilers game in Edmonton as such like a almost like a journey back to Mecca like going to the old country <laughs> for me like like going like like to go to an Oilers game for me is like going back to like like the place where it started like that yeah. like you were in like 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 just like I have like I have pictures of myself outside of Rexall with the Gretzky statue and all that stuff but like that's as close as I've gotten to it's it. It's too bad all. you never got to see a game in Rexall. Yeah, so like yeah, so like that's as, yeah. that's as close as I've gotten to it all. So like in my mind like it is this and, like, and those beer lines. The the pinnacle of of existence. So I honestly like I feel like if I was there like I would be losing like you guys couldn't calm me down if I was there. Like I would just be <laughs> constantly <laughs> We have to put you on like a straight jacket. <laughs> 110%. Like 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 it would like it'd be unbelievable. So like to to think that you're calling this place a like the fans probably there would be upset with me because I'd be up no, there and, just like. Well, and that definitely I, I, changes, I, right? Like they they get loud and it does and it that, does amp that's up. That's why like I was else. gonna like when I was like talking about Sunderland. It's like I feel like everyone, like anyone that's really invested in a sports team, whether you're from Edmonton or whether you're like, I mean, I've had that moments. I grew up a Suns fan because of Steve Nash, and I had, I'm not really even into basketball anymore. But I had nights like that where you're like your day is wrecked. But when I was like with Sunderland, it's like you're if the team just like isn't clicking and it's a, it's like kind of a, you know, like a more boring game. and They're just not really on their game. That's when it seems like a church. Like you could hear like a pin drop and it's like mm-hmm. you'll kind of hear the like it's almost like like muttering and kind of people like upset under their breath. But especially on like weekdays and this is regular season. But it's like when that like when that city gets bumping and that they they're playing good hockey it is like just that mood flips so much and i'm telling you like although it will be very expensive and you know it doesn't have to happen this year well i mean it won't happen this year because there's no fans there but when it when the world returns to normal you guys have got to see a playoff game in edmonton like it's it's a difficult thing to do because it's super expensive but if you can find tickets for a reasonable price, like it's, it's an incredible, I don't know. I almost have, I have a tough time describing it because it's just like that energy is like, it's like palpable. Like you, you can, you just feel it everywhere. You feel it going into the arena. I mean, you feel you it driving remember, home, getting a ride home. You guys remember the videos wasted. of, of even like, like you guys remember the atmosphere. Like I was obviously wasn't there live, but remember the atmosphere when the Oilers clinched versus LA for the first time. 
in 2016 yeah. i think it was 17, yeah. like remember that like it remember that atmosphere like you guys remember that like that oh, yeah was, like standing like, ovation for the last like couple minutes just fucking yeah like that was bonkers. like i just i just remember them and like like uh like that announcement like that is one of the the, the big Oilers memories for me is like that clinch like that was it like they broke in the spell that was the thing it's just like the decade of darkness it's like it felt like the Red Sox finally winning the World Series like <laughs> I know Red in. Sox fans yeah. would be pissed even making that comparison but it almost felt like a little mini championship like it was like such a huge monkey off their back and honestly like yeah. Oilers fans backs because it's just like it was it almost started to feel like a curse like and you, and you get ragged on a lot with like how many first overall picks do you need like blah 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 and it's just like fuck like I just want I want this team to turn the corner and I think they finally are which is so freaking exciting about this yeah but yeah Yeah. it's the the playoff experience was nuts though like I remember the I was at the Desjardins overtime winner which was definitely like a top like three four game I've been to Oilers game like probably three for sure and um I've been kind of lucky with like being at random really cool games, but like I was so loaded, but I remember walking out of that with my dad and like, it was just like pandemonium leaving that arena. Cops are giving high fives. Like they're just the like, let's go Oilers chance. Fucking just like continuing blocks away from Rogers place through that was downtown round one. Yeah. Round yeah. One. <laughs> like, and it wasn't even to clinch the series. Like that was just like a big overtime win. It wasn't like we're moving on and it was insane. It was absolutely insane. Well, and you mentioned like the decorative darkness and how much they meant. Right. And, and, it meant a lot as fans too, just because we had belief in a core, like actually seeing the results happen for once, right? And even yeah, though it man, the kid fell off after yeah. that, right? Um, I mean, we still have that same group here that we just had to rework around, and they're having that success again, if not better. So, I mean, they're they're obviously not in the playoffs yet, but the season wise, right? Like they had an amazing season just like that. Yeah. And you gotta like, I think the thing is too, and I, I I really don't know. I hope I don't jinx this. I mean, not that it'll be me, but you look at. You remember coming out of 17 and it was like obviously a huge disappointment. I don't even want to get into that fucking series against the Ducks. But that like even though that was such a low and such a shitty moment, once that not the wound healed, but a couple of weeks go by and you're like a cup gets awarded and whatever. And you're looking forward to next year and the Oilers are like a cup favorite. And then just like, it was almost like a mini decade of darkness the last two years where it's just like all of a sudden expectations just like exponentially shoot up and you come crashing back down to misery. And now I feel like even if like, say the Oilers lose to Chicago and you miss the playoffs, not that I think that stop, will happen. Stop, 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 stop. Don't even, no, don't, but do I mean, don't do it. Okay. Say we don't win the Stanley Cup this year. I know this team is on an upward trajectory is my point. That's fair. Thank you for not. Yeah. Get, that's bad juju to talk that into existence. And no, don't like. Don't even put that. In, don't put that into the universe, <laughs> man. Like that's horrible. But that's the promising part. Is like, I know this team is heading in the right direction. So much of that is just management. Boys, we've talked for over over an hour here. Like we've hit on everything. I feel like this is like the Oilers. Like like like, like chronal. Like like, like we're just eulogizing about them at this <laughs> point. Well, I mean, a good place to end, but I just realized I didn't even mention this at the start of the episode. So this is our last regular weekly episode of season one. 
So some of the other shows are going to go on hiatus. We are going to be taking a bit of a break and kind of playing it week to week. Uh, we've been dropping at least one episode a week. Most of like the 80, what was it? 80% of the season, we were dropping two episodes a week uh, since October. So I think that break is well-deserved. I mean, we did 60 episodes in less than a year. Um, but yeah, so we are going to take a tiny bit of a hiatus, but we will obviously be back once there's news and 100% be back when the playoffs kick off. I'm, I'm, I'm feeling like high school, high school fever right now. It's like graduation. Sign yeah, your hags, book, yeah. ha- hags, boys. <laughs> hags. The fuck is that? Is that some yeah, American thing? Yeah, what does thing? that mean? What? <laughs> you, you don't know hags? Ha- no. Have a great, ha- have a great summer. No. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> yeah, hags, baby. Oh, that's either like. I mean, you're not that much younger than us. That's got to be an American thing. <laughs> I guess, like that's like if you go back through my yearbooks, that's all it is. It's just hags. Have a great summer. But that's all they write. They'd write, they'd like write hags and like like a heart and then their name. Like that's my entire yearbook. I'd be so confused if somebody wrote that in my yearbook. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it makes sense if it's like. <laughs> yeah, a I get it. But yeah, I just cultural yeah. thing. But yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm trying to think if there's if there's awesome. was there anything else we should let our listeners know about? It's it's been an absolute pleasure. I know we talked only Oilers here. But if you guys are interested in hearing about the Dallas Stars, I am the host of the Dallas Stars podcast. I, I, I know I, I obviously talked a lot about the Oilers and, and am a very diehard Oilers fans here. But if you're interested in the Dallas Stars and want to hear 60-plus episodes as well about the, the Dallas Stars and the Dallas Stars season, you can check out my Dallas Stars podcast where I'm a part of the, the Hockey Podcast Network that's at clean skate pod on twitter and you can find me if you can find this podcast you can find my podcast podcast you're like the incognito oilers fan like yeah this enemy whole territory time, times it's, two it's crazy see i talk with tom franklin from the the blue notes podcast obviously and i went and saw them in st louis so i was asking him about like good places to go and he's like why are you going to an oilers game and i was like well kind of an oilers you see <laughs> yeah. you'll I'm just looking forward to the Oilers potentially playing Dallas in round one. And you're going to have to like do a Dallas stars podcast, like all like be like, Oh yeah. Oilers are just stomping the stars. (laughs) So shitty guys. And then you're going to come on with us and be like, yeah, man, Oilers fucking won. Let's go boys. (laughs) (laughs) It'll, it'll just be a good excuse to talk to you guys more. Yeah, exactly. To be honest, it's a win-win situation for me. (laughs) There you go, man. Absolutely. But yeah, thank you for uh, guest hosting with us, man. It's been an absolute blast. I, uh, I don't, I don't know if there's anything else to, to really mention. I guess follow us on Oil Country Pod as far as the updates of when the episodes will be coming back. Looking forward to the, those playoffs, man. It's going uh, yeah. to be a wild run. I think uh, I'm feeling good about it. But like you said, every team probably is. I think we're all just excited hockey's back. When it gets confirmed, I'm not looking forward to smashing three beers. But yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Oh, yeah, that's going to be rough. Yeah, reminder, everybody, Kyle's going to lose a bet when the Stanley Cup gets awarded. You went into it, too. You have to do it as well. Do you want me to pull up the chat? You said yes. No, I bet that the Stanley Cup was going to get awarded, buddy. Mm -mm. 
Yeah, I did. I, I'll I, pull I, up the text. I'll pull up the text. Okay, I'm like 100% sure. So you can pull up whatever the fuck you want. This is literally how it went down. Hockey trolls started doing that. And I was like, uh, uh, I don't know. And then I was like, then you said that you were going to be, that I'll you didn't think up. it was going to happen. You said, although I think it's going to happen, I'm going to side with Kyle on this bet. Bullshit. It happened. Damn, I'll go get it. He's got the receipts. He's got the receipts. I've, I've also got a tweet with Corey and Richie. So that would have been the most recent reference. There, there are about. quite a few people. I think there was what, like five of us in there. I think Corey and Richie also have to do beer too. Yeah, yeah. I'll yeah. watch. I'll watch from the sidelines, there, boys. Yeah, we're we're doing it on air too, so people can like. I don't want Kyle to be able to videotape and like cut it together, so it looks like he's doing one after another. <laughs> he's gonna have to like shotgun three oh, beers dude, no over an episode, nice. and like struggle, and you'll hear him like gagging in the background and. Oh, I'll be fine, dude. We'll see. <laughs> Anyways, we've been recording for a long time, so that is going to wrap it up for another Oil Country podcast. Michael, thank you very much for joining us, and don't forget to check Michael's Dallas Stars podcast out at A Clean Skate, part of the Hockey Podcast Network, every team everywhere. Have a great couple of weeks, everybody, and we will chat at you next time. Bye.